0: Thank you for tuning in to the Emerge Church Tallahassee podcast. We exist to help people follow Jesus so they can live out God's plans for their lives. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the message from Sunday. Thank you, baby. How's everybody this morning? Y'all doing good? Man, worship was on fire today. If you you did not jump in on that, I don't know what you're going to jump in on. You know, you don't want to wait to heaven to start figuring out this worship thing. All them hands in the pocket and holding on to the chair in front of you. Uh, It's the most underrated move in worship right there. Hand in the pocket and holding the chair in front of you. The best move is the hands up in the air. Yeah, that was good today. We carry on. This is birthday month for Emerge. Never did a birthday month. I get aggravated when people declare a birthday month. Uh, I don't like it, but I figured we'd do it for the church. <laughs> Let's see how that works. Anyway, it's birthday month. We're celebrating 12 years. Pastor Andre kicked off the month for us a couple weeks ago. And then last week, Pastor Scott was here and just shared a message. Come on, how many of y'all, your thinking is changing? Like three of you, like, yes. The rest of us, like, what are you talking about? I don't remember that. Go back and watch it. And then today, I get to share a little bit, and then we're honored today to have Kevin and Michelle here with us. Founding members of our church. Kevin served as worship leader, production leader. Michelle served as kids director. They're up in Charlotte. North Carolina now, serving at Elevation Church. So excited to have them here today. Thank y'all for coming today. Y'all came a long way. Glad you're here today. Make sure you hug them today. Um, today, I want to reflect on 12 years. I'm not telling all kinds of stories today, but there's a few things I do. I want to reflect on what God has done through the years and use that as a setup to share something with you for where you are in your life right now, personally. And I'm gonna go to the book of Matthew chapter 16. And I just feel like I haven't preached in a while. It's been a couple of weeks. And so I'm trying to pace myself and not allow my excitement to get ahead of the message. And so y'all pray for me as we preach. But I'm gonna go to Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to read verse 13 through 19. It's a familiar story to you, but there's something in there I have to show you. I've got to unpack it for you today. Matthew 16, 13, it says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Jesus just doing a little check. What's everybody saying about me? Now, before you think Jesus is insecure... And he's worried what everyone thinks about him. you got to read the rest of it because it's not so much that he's worried what they think about him. It's what he wants to make sure his disciples understand about him that they may not be getting from all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of y'all got some all of them in your life? You know those people? Yeah, okay, okay. So he asked the disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist's. Some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. But then he asked them, but who do you say, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven, watch this, has revealed this to you. If you, if you underline highlight, I want you to hit that part right there, has revealed this to you. He has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. You didn't learn this from a podcast. You didn't learn this from a book that you picked up. You didn't learn this anywhere else. You learned this from my Father. Come on. Now, say now, I say to you that you are Peter. Peter which means rock, and upon this rock, I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. There's so much in there. So today, I just want to share a message. We're going to call it A Revelation and a Rock. A Revelation and a Rock. Jesus, over the next few minutes, I'll talk, but you got to speak. Because we know stories from the Bible, we know Scripture verses, but we really, really need to know you. And Lord, today I pray we get past the formalities and get straight to the relationship with you to know you in such a way that we're no longer challenged by impossibilities. But we understand that with you all things are possible. So Lord today, we give our attention to you to hear what you want to say. Father help me use me in Jesus name. Amen. 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 couple weeks ago, Cynthia and I were walking through this room. Um, and Cynthia, she pointed to this section right here. And she said, uh, you remember when we were in the building on Capitol Circle? I said, yeah. She said, we didn't even have this many chairs in that building. (laughs) And it was a reality check because now it's like four to five times the number of seats that were just in that building. I love when the Bible says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Uh, Sometimes when things are small, we don't think they're significant uh, until you get something in your eye, and then it's really significant. Anybody ever had that little issue before? Um, It's always incredible to get a glimpse to see how God has worked in your life. I don't know the last time that you considered all that God has done for you throughout your life because chances are you're so your attention is so on the thing that is right there right now it's on that struggle it's on that child on that marriage on that that issue that you're dealing with it it, it sucks up so much of our attention and watch this our energy our thoughts our worries I mean it is so intense that you can't even sleep at night Come on, am I talking to anybody? Like like all of your internet searches, if you look at it, it's all about everything that you're dealing with right now. Like you used to like Google fishing stuff, and now you're not Googling fishing stuff. It's like, how do I deal with this kid? Or how do I deal with my mama? Amen? Oh, y'all want to be reserved today. The last two preachers, you just cutting loose, and now I come up in here, gave you a T-shirt last week, man. A free one at that. Sometimes you get so fixed on what's happening to you, you forget all that God has done already. And sometimes we treat God like he's never done anything for us. Like this situation, God, if you don't come through, I don't know if you really are who you say you are. Even in the last situation, I realized you were who you said you were and all that stuff. But now I'm in a whole new thing. It's a new season. Like, do you even see? It's like how conditional... Have we become in our faith that things that happen to us begin to tell us who God is and who God isn't? Yeah. Come on, am I, am, I, am I preaching this right? Yeah, yeah. It, it is a reality of this world that we live in and I've been just reflecting back and I always try to do this every year for our anniversary is reflect back and um, just consider how good God's been. And last week we were singing that song, Been So Good, yeah. You're So Good to Me. Come on, oh God, I can't believe how you love me. And we sang that for the last couple of weeks. And there's a part in the, uh, in, in, I think it's in the bridge where it says, for every morning, for every open door. Man, that took me back to Child's High School. The back door of the cafeteria, Kevin, waiting to make sure that is the janitor going to show up today to unlock the door? And, and what kind of shape is this room going to be in when we walk in there? It was every week where it's like, are people going to show up? Is the fire alarm going to go off again this week during service? Yes. Those were the kinds of things. Or, or whenever it was like this time of the year where it couldn't decide if it wanted to be warm or if it wanted to be cold, and you start out the morning and it's freezing, by the time you get to 10 o'clock, you like, it's hot. And so the, 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 the thermostat was controlled by the county. God bless them. Lord taught us a lot through those stages and I remember one Sunday uh we opened the windows because it was so hot. I mean the, the the system's just blowing like hot hot air just all up in your face. I never felt like that much air coming through the vents ever. But that Sunday was so hot, so we had to open the windows because, like, we're sweating. I sweat, but, like, when other people that don't sweat, sweat, you know, it's hot. And so we're opening the windows. Well, don't you know the custodian who has to work on that day because he's there, like, opening doors for us? He's outside pressure washing. And all you hear is the hum of a motor. been so good to me. God, I can't believe how you love me? Can you get that guy to turn that thing off? Oh, man. Uh, remember walking in that cafeteria early on those Sunday mornings, and the smell. It was old cafeteria food and wrestling mats because they would use the cafeteria to practice wrestling because it interfered with basketball and volleyball, all the different sports. And so they had these big wrestling mats rolled up, and it just smelled nothing like teenage people. You just thought we showed up at church. Can't tell you how many times we had to clean the bathrooms. All kind of stuff. And I'm not talking about graffiti. That would have been easy. It was stuff. And somehow or another, through all that stuff, the Lord said, let's keep going. Let's just keep going. Just all the... The challenges. Um, so today, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you with a few little stories to reflect through 12 years. But what I'm praying is that today, God's gonna give you some revelation in your life as we take Scripture and I take these stories. I need you to see Him in a way that perhaps you weren't looking. You never thought to look at him that way, and I hope today I could portray that. You ever watch one of those crime shows, um, and I don't know if you do this, but Cynthia and I, whenever we watch those shows, early on, we try to do, oh, that's who did it, that's who did it, I know, they, they're the one. And then you watch the show, and you're so certain they did it. And then as you watch the show and the thing unfolds, you start to think, hmm, I don't know if he was the one, actually, I mean, it was her. I didn't think she would do that. This is, this, is, this is throwing me. Come on, any of y'all do that? No, 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 I know what you do. Y'all watch that Bachelor show. And you're trying to predict who he's going to pick from the first week. Right, right? And, and you don't get it right because, you know, they got all kinds of factors that they. And by the way, can I just say that is not real. I don't know of any dude that has 40 women that want him. And if you're using that to figure out how this whole love thing works, I'm going to tell you, that is not how. Amen? Amen. 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 Uh, But you know, in the course of the show, you think it's one thing or you think it's one way, but as it progresses, things are uncovered, and as they are uncovered, you start to see the reality. And I think there's something to that that we can learn because There are things in our lives that we experience and because we love to be predictors. We do, man. We love to predict how it's, I can tell you how that's going to go. Like, we love that. I don't know what it is about us, but we love to be predictors. I think it's so that we can prove that we were right when it does happen and so we love to be that predictor so much with situations and things that we walk through and I think by now some of us should go ahead and admit boy I was wrong about that and then I was wrong about that too and I was wrong about them amen I was wrong about me I thought I was better than that. I lost my cool the other day. I thought I had it all together. We just love being predictors. But as we go, things are uncovered. Things are revealed that really points to the real stuff. There's some things in this scripture that I need to unpack that I want to show you that I think is going to help you so much In your life. In case you didn't know, the scripture that we read today is the first mention of church in the Bible. This is the first time that church is being talked about in the Bible. Now, you've got to understand what church is. Church isn't what you think it is, first and foremost. Like today you said you came to church. Like this building, first and foremost, is not a church. This is a banquet hall at an automobile museum on I-10. And every now and then you get a little shake in here. It might be the highway or it might be the holy ghost. Either way, we shaking. I like it. I like it. You go to the church that shakes a little bit. Some of you got that shake. Other you got this shake like what's going on in here? Okay, anyway. So this is the first mention of church in Scripture, but I need you to notice, I need you to recognize that Jesus doesn't present the idea of church to Simon, but he introduces it through Simon. Here we go. You didn't see that. But I'm trying to uncover something in here for you today that Jesus didn't say, hey, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start a church. I need you to get everybody organized so that we can do that. No, no, no. He's talking about doing this through Simon. Look at your neighbor and say, through you. Through you. And the context of the introduction of the church, it comes through a question that Jesus asks Simon, and he says, who am I? Who are people saying, what are people saying about me? What are you saying about me? And I need you to grab this because the idea of church didn't come from a congregation. Came from a revelation. He asked him, who do people say I am? Who do you say I am? And Simon says, Jesus, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And it's like, Jesus is really, really impressed. Come on, some of you can go back to your years in school where you actually gave the answer and it was right and the teacher was like, can't believe you had that answer. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I would have expected them, but not you. Like, Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes. It's like, i did. feeling good today. Yes. Can we go ahead and take the quiz? No, that's next week. I might not be feeling it. Let's do this today. And So Jesus is impressed with his answer. And perhaps it may be because this isn't what everyone else was saying. See, everyone else had their theories and their ideas. There was a majority. And we tend to define things by majority in our culture. If a bunch of people think that, then that's what it has to be. And if a bunch of people say that's what we got to do, then that's what we should do. And we we escape from scriptures like broad is the road that leads to destruction. It's narrow is the road that leads to life. We just don't want to be the only one, so we just go with the broad road on so many things, because we don't want to be left out. And God knows we don't want our kids to be left out, so we have to parent broad instead of narrow. Got this issue, come on. I know you got issues, but let me show you a deeper lying issue in our lives. Um, We're worried what everyone else is saying. We worried what they are saying about us. So much so that even though we got God, God is more of a consultant. I got to let that marinate for a second. Because God is the consultant. He's like, let me check with you because this is what they're all saying. The Lord is calling you right now to tell you something. (laughs) That's how you do that when you're a preacher. It ain't a distraction. Set up, baby. That's how you do it. And in a moment, whenever the kid, you hear the kid cry, it's like the Lord is crying out for your soul today. You know? <laughs> but we have this issue where we're worried about what everyone else is saying. And it's kind of like, let me consult with God to make sure he's good with what they are saying. And it's almost like we give people the same equal footing of authority in our lives that we give the Lord. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary. But we've done this. We've got influencers in our lives. And so we're trying to check and balance our way through living, through raising a family, through being a man, being a woman, being who God wants us to be. And what's so interesting in this story is Simon isn't going with the narrative that has been on repeat. He had a revelation from God that was countercultural It did not flow with what everyone else was saying because everyone else was referring to Jesus as a good teacher or perhaps a prophet. But now Simon has this revelation that yes, Jesus teaches and yes, he is prophetic, but there is more to him than just being another voice and another source of content in the world that we live in. This is the long awaited Messiah, the Christ, the son of the living God, the one that we've been waiting for that is finally here. And can I tell you, that was not the popular opinion of who Jesus was. Because Jesus didn't show up the way they wanted him to. Jesus is born in a manger. He's born in a horse stall. And it's on the backside of Bethlehem. And they wanted Jesus to show up with all the fanfare, all the pageantry in the palace. They wanted him to come and take over the Romans. They wanted him to establish a governmental order so that they would never, ever have to worry about this stuff again. But Jesus didn't come to come and work in a kingdom on this world. He came to establish the kingdom of heaven. Heaven right here on the earth. And what's crazy is we want the benefits of the kingdom of heaven while we're living in the kingdom of this world. Wow. And this revelation that Simon has, it draws a response from Jesus. And Jesus says, Now I say to you, That you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And here's the thought I have. In a world hungry for information. Hungry. Something goes wrong, we dig to find out more about it. Right? We do. Let me Google that. Ooh, I don't feel right. WebMD. Don't do that. (laughs) In a world hungry for more information, we must be aware that no amount of information can produce what one word of revelation can do in your life. We got all kinds of words. But they don't carry the weight of the word. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's unpack this word revelation. The root word there is reveal. And the word reveal means to to uncover, to lay open what has been covered up, or to make known. And the picture that I need to give you is that um, a lot of our understanding of who Jesus is probably came from somebody else. Let me tell you about my friend and they give us all the characteristics and all that stuff. And we feel like the more we, um, we learn about that person, the more we know them. But you don't really know the person until you meet the person, until you greet the person. I'm in a mood to rhyme. Until you eat with the person. <laughs> That's when you really get to know them. And what I'm saying is we have more secondhand Relationships with God that we're trying to interpret our world through. And sometimes we just got to say it like this I just didn't know him like that. And you hear other people talking about Jesus and how incredible he is. I just didn't know him like that. No, the narrative at the time was Jesus was a teacher and Jesus was a prophet. And Simon's like, Yeah, but he's the Messiah. See, the other people didn't walk with him, they talked about him. But Simon walked with him and realized there's more to this guy. There's just something to him. I had never heard one, someone speak like this. I've never seen water turn into wine before. It's pretty incredible. He walked on water. Didn't know you could do that. I did it too. Not me, but Simon. The revelation revealed that he was the Christ the Messiah, the one they've been waiting for. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this story, and there's so much to learn here, because without revelation, you don't really know what you're getting yourself into. Like, it's a good idea to run with, but we don't need a good idea to run with. We need a word from God that changes our life, Amen. okay? And I believe this is really what we've been searching for in all of our lives. You know how you hear people say, there's a God-shaped hole in your life, and the only thing that can fill it is God himself. We know that little saying because we heard a preacher say it before, and so we think we can read our Bible into way of that hole being filled. And I know a lot of people that have checked off Bible reading lists, read the Bible through 8,000 times, and still do not know Jesus. I had Bible school professors that you would think and all the theology and doctrine that they know, but I need you to know they didn't know Jesus. You say, how do you know they didn't know Jesus? Because nothing in their life reflected that they knew Jesus. Wow. They were prideful. They thought they knew everything. And it's like, buddy, you don't know Jesus. You just know the Bible. And it's good to know the Bible. But if you don't realize that the whole point of the Bible is to get you to know Jesus, yeah. you're missing the Bible. Go to the Bible studies, as many as you can. But your Bible study isn't just to encourage you. It's to introduce you to Jesus Christ. Amen? And you can camp around your problem forever and talk about it from every angle and every perspective. Our problems are like a prism. I want you to know your problem might be a prism to you, but for Jesus, it's not a problem. Amen? Amen. Okay. Got to get back to this because i got stuff to say. I believe that what we're searching for, we're searching in the wrong places. Here's what I'll mean, okay? Um, we look into our situation so deep because we think that whatever we're dealing with is trying to tell us something. Yeah. Okay? And I want to walk the tightrope on this one because I do think that what you walk through can teach you some lessons. And it helps you to gain some strength, But if what you walk through doesn't get you closer to knowing Jesus, all you got was some wise sayings to say to someone 15, 20 years from now. And what's so crazy is we will misinterpret wise sayings with Scripture. There are some of the wise sayings that we will say, like God won't give you more than you can handle, and believe that is Bible. That is not Bible. But, but because we've gone through things, we're trying to bring redemption to it. Watch how I'm going to say this. We try to bring redemption to it. So we got to come up with something to say to make it better for us to justify the whole point of us going, to it, going through it. But here's what you've got to know. You're not the Redeemer. He is. Let Him take care of bringing the redemption. And here's the deal. He's already said something. You just may have not heard it yet. This is important because like Matthew 4, it says it like this. Man can't live on bread alone, but watch this, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I got a feeling that we're living off of breadcrumbs. Because it's a verse that I saw the other, oh, where was that verse at? Oh, it was one of those things on Instagram. That was a good verse. I'm going to mark that. I'm going to share that. I'm going to say, share it all you want. The verse might be good, but if you don't get the person behind the verse, all you got is another chicken soup for the soul that sounded spiritual. Like, i got to preach this because I've seen too many people walking through stuff with a version of Jesus that is like, bro, you are selling him way short of who he really is way short. It's a breadcrumb Christianity. When God said, I'll give you the whole loaf. Amen. He is the bread of life, yes. Amen. the loaf of life. Wow. Love it. So watch this. Revelation is much more than what you see. It's how you see what you see. Let me back that up again, because some of y'all, you all you was not ready for that. Revelation is much more than what you see. It's how you see what you see. Good things can happen when you're mad and it don't look good. Because you're so mad, it just don't look good. You're just in a mood. Come on. Some of y'all are like, pass away, that's me every Monday morning. Well, tomorrow morning's coming. Get a plan. It's coming and coffee ain't fixing it. It's still doing it till I can't be I can't be sane till after I have my coffee. Talk to a friend about that. And they will say, even with coffee. Hey. Let's let's unpack some more. The Bible, the Word of God is the book of life. It teaches us, it corrects us, it builds our faith, it changes our perspective. When I was young, I can remember. I would try to find verses that applied to, like, my life situations. And I was so hungry for, watch how I'm going to say this, I was so hungry for information, I would read into the Bible. I wouldn't just read the Bible, I would read into the Bible instead of letting the Bible read into me. hmm Yeah. I would read to try to prove that what I was feeling was right instead of letting the Word of God make me right. It's almost like going to a slot machine and pulling the lever. Which verse am I going to get today that's going to give me the most jackpot? Not realizing that sometimes the word of God isn't pulling the lever. It's pulling you. It's pushing you. It's, it's trying to change who you are. And this is what would happen. I would put my perspective into the verse instead of letting the verse put perspective into me. And what usually happens is the Bible becomes a weapon against other people. Come on. Instead of being a weapon that God gave to me to use against rulers in high places that are trying to destroy things down here. And the lack of understanding with the word of God caused me to use it more like a toy than like a tool. It was so much more convenience based. It was so much more about my encouragement than it was about changing me. And so I would read the Bible to get encouragement, to get reinforcement for how I wanted it to go. And can I tell you, you can find a verse for that. You can spin a Bible verse and make it say what you want it to say. You can do it. I wouldn't advise it, but you can do it. Tell you a story. My mom's watching online, so I'm going to be careful how I say this. When I was a kid, uh, I grew up in the generation that believed in spanking. I don't have trauma. I was changed. Okay? And my mama had a paddle. It was a pizza paddle. I wasn't abused. I was corrected. And... uh, My mama would write scripture verses on the paddle. And this is what she would say. If you ain't going to get it in you, I'll beat it in you. (laughs) Ephesians 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Just smoke me, man. She broke that thing on my brother. She said, I'm going to get the word in you one way or another. And my mom, right now, I can see her. Yep, that's right. Amen. 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 You ever pulled a verse on someone? It's almost like pulling a knife on people sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like just sliding a little dagger. It happens in marriage. Oh, I got a verse for you. Got in a fight the night before. Never gave a verse before in your life. Got in a fight the night before, the next day, I read a verse. You ain't never read that book of the Bible. I got a verse for you. And it's like pulling a dagger on someone. It's like, oh, fuck up, man. And y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm telling you, we do this kind of stuff. And we take the Bible out of context. Here's what I want you to hear. I had a lot of content from the Bible. We were at church every time the doors were open. And we were early and we stayed late. My mom made us read the Bible. Like it was, it, the content was coming in. But I had the wrong context. And I think in our world, there is a wealth of content. You can find anybody to say it the way that you want it said, and they will use the Bible. Okay? You can find it. But if you don't have good revelation from the context, of what has been written, you will misuse the word of God and wonder why it ain't turning out the way you thought it should. You will. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says it like this, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Oh, I know we like to use the other version where it says where there is no vision, the people perish. And we like to talk about the future and everything. But listen, you can talk about the future all you want until we talk about now you can't you can't start working on the future we got to talk about now where there is no revelation let me let me reword it without a revelation we are vulnerable to do anything believe anything and become anything we are vulnerable unless we have a revelation and there are christians that are living two different lives they have a church life and they have their everyday life why it's because we don't have a revelation of jesus We've got a lot of Bible stuff, and so we'll post all about the Bible, and then we'll post some very questionable content right next to it. Obviously not you. It's everybody else, okay? The hardest thing to see in all of our struggles is always Jesus. Why? Because we're searching for more content when we need Revelation. I believe this though. God wants to speak to you. Let me take it a step further. God wants to show you some things and it may not be the answer to all of your questions because God's not a riddle to be solved. Okay. God isn't a genie and he isn't a fortune teller. You don't pull your Bible out and rub it on the side and think there's a magical word that's going to appear. That's weird. He's a father. He's a father and he knows how to say it. There's two things that God wants to reveal to you. I'm going to speed this up, okay? Number one, God wants to reveal who he is to you. This is so important. He wants to reveal who he is to you. He wants to reveal that he is a healer to those who need healing, he wants to reveal Jesus is a savior to those who are lost. He wants to reveal that he is a deliverer to those who are in bondage. He wants to reveal that he is a provider to those who are in need. Watch this. This is the trap we get in. It's what can Jesus do for me? When God just wants us to be in the place of wanting him. Remember that old song? I want you to want me. That's where he's at with you. I want you to want me, not just what I can do for you. I want you to want me because I want you so much. So to many people, Jesus is nothing more than a religious figure. To so many, he's a teacher. It might fit a description. But the revelation is this. He is your Savior. He is your healer. He is your deliverer. He is your provider. And in case you hadn't realized it yet, it's not really all about us. It's all about Him. And it's not because He's got a complex. It's because He knows how much we need Him Action step this week. Begin to pray this prayer. Instead of all the situational prayers that you're praying, bring this one Jesus, reveal to me who you really are in the middle of this. Show me who you are. Don't just take this away. Show me who you are as you take this away. Here's the second thing he wants to reveal. Not just who he is, but he wants to show you who you are. See, because Simon had this revelation of who Jesus was, Jesus revealed who he could be. Jesus showed him. See, Simon did not know that he could be a rock until he recognized who Jesus was. There are things about yourself you don't even know that you can be until you recognize who he is. In fact, I don't think God will reveal it to you until you see him for who he is. God has secrets about you that he knows when it's the right time to tell you this about you. When you see Jesus for who he is, it will bring revelation to who you can be. Come on, this is powerful in a world of people searching for identity searching for career paths searching for significance the only place to find it is in Jesus because how much of that is going to be enough how much how many sales before you feel validated that you are you're you're good how many jobs completed how many how many, how many people working under you how, what level of success is it going to uh, do you have to get to to where you're finally convinced that you're good enough this is why we've got to have the revelation of him because there was something that Jesus spoke not just to Simon but into his life that was about to not just change him but it was about to change the world because this revelation that Simon Peter had that He that, that Jesus is the Messiah unveiled the, re- the revelation that Simon this revelation is going to make you rock solid and on this rock solid revelation that you have I'm about to build something that no matter what situation may arise against it it will not prevail the gates of hell will not prevail and it had listen listen i'm not talking about because you got good fight it's because there is a good foundation it's a good foundation and the gates of hell cannot shake the foundations of heaven This is why it's so important for you to have a revelation of who Jesus is and not just feel-good verses because you're going to get shaken. You're going to get shaken by some things. But when you got a firm foundation, the shaking doesn't scare you because you know what you're built on, a rock-solid revelation. It's revelation and a rock. It's revelation that made you rock-solid. Hmm revelation and a rock watch this jesus saw peter he saw a peter inside of simon he saw it in him i guarantee you he saw it for a while but didn't tell him until simon said i know who you are i know who you are no one else saw it We're waiting for someone else to come and validate it on us. Oh, do they see it in me? Please tell me you see it in me. Listen, God sees it in you. And we're waiting for other people to get the revelation when it's you that need to have the revelation of who He is. That's where the validation begins to flow. I want to rewind back because I want to tell you a real story about this in my life. In October of 2011, was on a morning run in the Kaloran Lakes neighborhood. We were in the process of starting the church. All the preparation stages, we were trying to build a team. We were trying to raise money to get started. Our budget we set at $125,000 to buy all the equipment, to secure all the different things, legal paperwork, everything. Our budget was around $125,000 and the responsibility that we had to ARC, the association of related churches, who was helping us start the church, was we had to have 35 people committed to our dream team to start the church. And without those metrics, this ain't happening. And so cash wasn't happening. People weren't giving. This was an uphill battle. We were doing these information meetings, and people weren't showing up. And I need you to know, Pastor Wade and Cynthia had those moments of, oh, my God, is this going to work? And we need to raise money fast, so we put together a campaign called 50K in 50 Days. Go big or go home. You know how much money we raised in 50 days? Maybe $5,000. I was freaking out. I'm just being real. I didn't want to freak out in front of Cynthia because I didn't want her to worry about it. So I went for a run. And on the run, I was praying. And let me tell you what that prayer sounded like. God, you got to help us. Anybody ever prayed that prayer? Some of y'all are like, I prayed that this morning. I agree with you in prayer. And I was running, praying, God, you got to help us. And this is what I begin to pray, Luke chapter 14. Lord, your word says a wise builder, wise builder counts the cost before beginning the building process. And your word tells us that a wise king counts his soldiers before going to war. God, I want to be a wise builder. I want to be a wise king. You got to help us. I was crying. I was scared. I was so afraid that we got this far down the road with this whole church plant idea, and we're about to bomb. We sold our house in Louisiana, we bought a house here. Oh my God, this is not going to work. We're going to be in trouble, we're going to be broke. This is going to be embarrassing. All those things. Come on, it mattered going to have to go back to the home church and now when you walk in church they all look at you like, well that didn't work. All of that. So I like, Lord, I don't want to be that king who's not wise. I don't want to be that builder who's not wise. And I remember exactly in that moment what the Lord said. And maybe you don't believe God speaks, but it changed my life that day because here's what the Lord responded to me. He said, who's the king? You or me? And who's building this thing? You or me? And I ran home. Cynthia was working in the loft. She was working from home before it was cool to work from home. And I told her what the Lord said. And that day, my perspective changed. I realized that the math that we were using was our math. And God had a different kind of math. Here's the reality. We never raised $125,000. We only raised $111,000. But on February 5th, 2012, in a smelly cafeteria at Child's High School, if you checked our bank account that day, there was $10,132 sitting in the account as we were starting the church that day. We needed 35 people. We had, I don't even remember how, 38, 39 people to start the church. Everything that we were trying to work to make it happen in our strength, we were missing it because it was his strength all along. And through that, this is what I'm I'm trying to get you to see. It wasn't, thank God that worked. Although we did feel that way. And I still feel like that 12 years later. But it was the revelation of who God is that has kept us going year after year, situation after situation. Here's the one thing that I know that you can't even try to convince me otherwise. God's a provider. You can tell me all the stats of the economy. God's a provider. There was no magic trick to anything that we did along this journey. There was no magic trick. There was no little secret in the back. There was no big donor behind the scenes that just kind of funneled some cash to us. It was the faithfulness of God over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And you can come from your situation and try to argue with me otherwise, but my perspective has been so affected by the revelation of who he is that I could you cannot even convince me otherwise. Because there's a rock solid foundation that this has been built upon that God is who he says he is and he will do what he said he will do and he will provide. And he has. I realized I wasn't the king. I was just a servant of the king in the kingdom. I realized I wasn't the builder. I was just a laborer working on the job site. The revelation of who he was helped me to see who I was. And can I tell you, it took pressure off of me. Because now I realize I didn't have to be God. I had God. I didn't have to be God, and this is such a word, because someone in here, you've been trying to be God in your family. You've been trying to be God in your work. You've been trying to be God in your finances. You've been trying to be God in your career. That's why you're freaking out about it working so bad. It's because you are the foundation. Maybe you need to go take a run through Kaloran Lakes and pray the same prayer because maybe the Lord will give you the revelation that you're not the king. One more story. We had found a spot on Capitol Circle. We were tired of setting up and tearing down for church every week. It was a lot of work. There were so many men and women that were so good to help us, but it was a lot. It was taking so much energy. So we leased a space on Capitol Circle, right across from the car dealership. Old Piggy's Barbecue. I wish it was still open. And um, so we took that step of faith and took forever to get in there. A bunch of red tape, but finally we got in there. Two months after we got in there, there were two families in our church that relocated for work. And it just so happened to be the two largest giving families in the church. They were giving really good. And they relocated for work. And the first month, it was hard. And the next month, it was harder. And the next month, it was oh no, we don't have enough. So I ate my pride, and I called my pastor, Pastor Scott, who was here last week. And I said, Scott, this is what's going on, man. I don't know how we're going to do it. Can you help us? And this is what he told me. He said, we'll do whatever we got to do to help you to keep you going. Oh, I was excited. I was like, thank God, don't have to worry about this anymore. But then he said, but let's believe God's going to come through. So he said call me on monday and that sunday in service i saw a friend who showed up our boys played football together city league football spent a lot of nights at meridian park fighting mosquitoes and watching these little dudes hit each other and watching everybody tell us that we were killing our kids because they were going to have a concussion and they didn't Um, and this guy came to church that Sunday. He had a church he was a part of. So I went up to him, man, good to see you. He said, man, I woke up this morning, felt like I had to be here. Oh, man, I'm glad you're here. I said, Sorry that you had to miss your church. He said, no, 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 man, I just felt like I needed to be here today. Well, okay, awesome. Carried on with church like it was nothing. Received the offering at the end. I remember later that afternoon, we were processing the offering. And this guy put a check in the offering. Not a member of the church, but he put a check in the offering. And it was the exact amount that we needed to make budget for the rest of that month. So you know what I did? I called Scott. Hey, Pastor Scott, guess what? God provided again. Amen. I knew it. I knew it just got to keep believing God. Later that week, I was checking the post office. There was another check in there. It was for half the next month's budget. It was from Pastor Scott. I called him. I was like, Scott, we didn't need this. He said, I know. But God said to give it. Now, I'm not not about to do no offering thing. Although if you want to give, Amen. Th- this is what I'm trying to tell you here. This, this is what I'm trying to say. Because for so many of us, we just look at the solution to the problem and think, okay, good. Now I never have to worry about this before. I mean, I never have to worry about this again. And then things like COVID happened. When I thought the church was going to shut down, I did. I was scared. And it didn't. And now in an economic crisis where Jay and I will sit down and look at the numbers and sometimes they don't look good, y'all. Just being honest. Just like yours, they don't look good. But you know what I always say? God's going to provide. Because he always has. And the economy never dictated that. It was his word. And I'm saying all that to say this, that church isn't built off of religious people that want to go and hear a good word that will encourage you Church is built off of people that have a revelation who God is so much so that it changes their life and they can't help but share it with somebody else and it changes their life and they can't help but share it with somebody else and it changes their life. And miracle after miracle occurs and it's not the big fancy one. It's the everyday stuff that keeps occurring over 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 and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And that has been the story of this church for the last 12 years. And I know that we've got a foundation. And it's not what we do. It's who he is. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Father, today, I'm praying that you will kick the light on for so many people in this room, that whatever they're walking through, that they have made so much of their life about everything that they're walking through that they will realize there is something that you're trying to reveal to them from your word straight to their life. Not just something to get through the season, but something to change their life forever. Something to build their life on. And so Lord, today I pray that your word will come alive in their lives. That their perspective, Father, will be shaped by what you're saying instead of what they're saying. So, Lord, today begin to speak, begin to reveal, begin to show every person in this room. Show them who you are. Don't just answer their questions. Be the answer to their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. we got to close. I'm late. I hadn't preached in a couple weeks. We're so glad that you joined us for this message. If you would like to give to help us continue to reach more people, you can go to our website, merchchurch.com, and click on give. We hope to see you at church this Sunday.